What's up, Johnnies? This is Courtney, and welcome back to another episode of Storm Chasers. I know it's been a while since our last episode. Scheduling has been absolutely crazy this semester, but we are back better than ever before, and we have some exciting new guests and episode topics coming this semester and this year, so make sure to stay tuned for that. But we have a very special guest with us today. Um, please welcome Jacqueline Lapore. Hi, everyone. Hi. Um, so I'm going to let you introduce yourself with your name um, mm-hmm. and I guess what your majors and minors were, What I guess what degrees you graduated with, um, mm-hmm. and essentially all of your titles. Okay. Um, I started at St. John's in fall of 2017 as an undergrad with a major in English, and I decided to pursue that degree further. Um, with my master's in English, which I just graduated with back in 2022. And ever since then, I've kind of experienced a bunch of different things on this campus between Greek life orgs, um, clubs, and now I'm working um, on the administration end. So it's it's definitely interesting. And I'm also in the classroom as well. So it's it's cool to be able to experience it from all these different viewpoints. And did you also get your master's in English from St. John's? Yes, yes, I did. So I was actually a Queen student and a Staten Island student at the same time because I did the five-year program. And they didn't have um, the master's classes here. So I got to experience the Queen's campus as well, which was interesting. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I'm curious how that works. Um, I didn't even know the English English had a five-year program. Um, So is it where you take – because I know like business or finance, they have something similar. Is it where you take some year – graduate courses like your senior year? Yeah. So basically what I did for the five year, um, I started a little late. So typically you would start in your first semester of junior year taking grad classes, but I started my second semester of junior year. So um, I actually took a summer course as well. So I can kind of catch up with everything. So I started in junior year on, did my master's all the way up till 2022. But the five year is so worth it because I mean, it's so cool to watch your your work develop over the course of, you know, those few years that you're actually taking grad classes. So it's it's very cool. And I definitely recommend it. Right. And it's um, I'm, a master's usually, I guess, depending on the program, it takes two years. Right. But because yeah. you're in this five year, it only takes one year after you graduate from undergrad. Yeah. Just one year, which is it's really nice. It's really nice. Yeah, it's, that's honestly really cool um, mm-hmm. opportunity. Um, so I guess before we get more into your graduate experience, um, let's talk about your journey as an undergrad student here at St. John's. Um, mm-hmm. So um, what was your experience like in classes as an English undergrad student? Do you have like a favorite class or Ugh, something oh, like that? That's <laughs> such a hard question because they were all so good. Um I mean, when I started here, I didn't really know what to expect. I just I picked the English major because I was always kind of good at English, not really a science or math person. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was yeah, it was different. So, you know, how in high school you kind of like focus on plot and stuff and then you have the kind of the grammatical things, so you're doing a little bit of vocab, like those kind of things. You come to college and it's just a totally different ball game. Uh, the work, it, it's so much more advanced. So I kind of, I was a little shocked at that. I wasn't, I wasn't really prepared to read theory and stuff, but it just, I don't know when I started, it kind of just like 
awoke my inner student that had not really been there in the past. And I and I just became really excited about school. It kind of – it yeah, it made me excited about school, which I really never was before. But, oh, for favorite class. Oh, so I think I was a junior when they did this. So Dr. Mowry and Dr. Hollander, who are two professors here, decided to do a two-part gothic um, course. Ooh. So the first half of the gothic was in the fall semester, and the second half of the gothic, which kind of focused on like 19th century and early into the 20th century, um, that was in the spring semester. And I think because I think gothic lit is the most interesting and my, my personal favorite, I really, really love those courses. They were a ton of fun. Yeah. And so was it two separate classes? Like it was six credits. It was two separate classes that covered just like the different it, it's they both cover gothic literature, but mm-hmm. the different time periods, I guess you could say. Yeah, um, Dr. Mowry's uh, covered, I think it was late 18th and early 19th, and then um, Dr. Hollander's was later. Yeah, but it was it was cool to kind of watch the progression and and how the themes change and study the history, the changing history around it as well. They were they were really cool classes. Would you say that compared to high school English classes? Um, mm-hmm. In high school, you learn more of the technicalities, I guess, when it comes to grammar and writing and I guess sort of the foundations of maybe analyzing a story. And then once you get to college, undergrad specifically, that's when you get more in depth with your analysis. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I also feel like high school English is a lot more plot oriented. Right. High school, I mean, college English, excuse me. It goes a lot deeper. So you're not only studying the literature itself, but the culture surrounding the literature. And I think that's what makes it so interesting and so much fun to study. And then you get to bring in these different theoretical pieces that kind of coincide with it. And I think personally, the best part about being an English major is when you're writing those papers, you start off at one place, but as you go on, you kind of... I mean, you unlock new things as you write. So you're just when you come up with a conclusion or an argument that you want to make, it's kind of like an aha moment, but the best kind of aha moment. Right. <laughs> and I think, yeah, that's why I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. And do you would you say because in my personal experience, so I'm a comm arts major, communication mm-hmm. arts major with actually an English minor. Oh, OK. Yeah. So um, and I've noticed like I'll be talking to students of different majors and some majors are more exam oriented. Others are more surrounded, you know, based on projects, you know, mm-hmm. maybe like doing a film or something, you know, something hands on. And then others are more based on writing, you know, papers and things like that. Yeah. Would you um, say I'm assuming English is mostly like writing, you know, papers and stuff like that. Um, oh, yeah. And then, Reading and writing. So not as many like tests, you would say? No, not at all. I mean, personally, and now even coming from a teaching perspective, I, I don't like giving exams because mm. I feel like, and because I'm teaching writing as well, I think it's so much more beneficial to work on the skill itself right. rather than give exams about the topics that we're learning. Because, I mean, I may just be speaking for myself. When I would take tests, I would learn the material study it, and then forget about it, you know? Exactly. I feel like when you're writing, you get to tailor that experience and you get to really, really focus on the technicalities. And then you really do. And I, I mean, I've seen it in my own students in, over the past couple of months. Like you start at point A and then slowly but surely you get to where you want to be. And it works. It works. 
No, I completely 100% agree with you on that. As a mm-hmm. student, com arts and English minor, um, com arts is mostly focused on like projects, mm-hmm. you know, hands-on stuff like that yeah. and maybe a little bit of papers. And I feel like I would learn more from doing like the hands-on projects than I would probably mm-hmm. reading the same material in a textbook. Like, it's just going to go in and out. Like you learn yeah. by doing, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. I definitely agree. And not everyone's the best test taker. Oh, yeah. I am a horrible test taker. <laughs> but the hands-on stuff and also... I notice with hands-on stuff, people are also having more fun. Yes. When people are having fun and enjoying what they're doing, they're going to learn more and they're going to care more. And I think that's another super important aspect. You, you got you got to love what you're doing. Yeah. Plus, I feel like it prepares you for the professional world as well because that's – You're not going to be taking tests. You know, you're going to be exactly. doing the tasks. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, so – would you say as an undergraduate student, you, were you very involved on campus? Um, did you, were you involved in terms of being um, a part of different clubs, organizations, even a sorority? Mm-hmm. So when I came to college, I really did not expect to get involved in anything because that I wasn't really that kind of person. I was I was not very involved in high school. I played sports, but that was that was it. Um, so when I got here. I realized there was no English club. And I was like, oh, that's kind of disappointing because I would have enjoyed to being a part of that. And then I spoke with my professors about it. And eventually we, we were able to start the club, which was amazing. And it was that kind of experience that gave me the confidence to get involved with other things. So first it was Italian club. I was very involved in that. Um, English club as well. And from there, I kind of worked up the confidence to join a Greek life organization. Um, I was a part of Kappa Beta Gamma. And that, yeah, and from there, I think that's what really led to my involvement in um, honor societies, things like that. Um, I was involved even as a graduate student, like I got a graduate assistantship. And it all kind of culminated, I think, with senior year and graduation, I was able to become senior senator and I gave my graduation speech, which was amazing. It was sad that it was online, but um, I, I think I might have been a little nervous to say it in person in front of all those people. But it it was something I knew I wanted to do for a long time. So the fact that I was actually able to do it and write that speech, it was the best feeling in the world. I was so happy that I was able to do that. Wow. Yeah, that must have been such a great experience to be able to speak to your peers, you know, during commencement. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, you were definitely very involved yeah. in the Italian club, Cafe Gamma, English mm-hmm. club. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know you were part of student government too. That yes, I was a senior senator. <laughs> um, and did you hold any executive board positions for any of these clubs or organizations? Yeah, I was president of English club up until I graduated. So from spring 2018 to spring 2021. And then um, for Italian club, I actually started as recruitment director and made my way up to secretary. And then for KBG, I knew as soon as I joined that I wanted to be president of a sorority and I became president of the sorority. Um, And yeah, so lots of e-board experience. It, It was difficult to juggle everything at once. But um, again, it gave me it gave me so much confidence to kind of, you know, 
shoot for the best, you know. Um, and then when I was a graduate uh, graduate student, I was a part of Sequoia in Queens, the literary magazine, and I was an editor there. And it, I mean, all these experiences, they even gave me the confidence to apply for internships as well. So it's really like once you get to those positions and you feel like you're able to kind of relate with your peers and and organize and I mean, there's so many, so many facets to being an executive board member. I mean, it's really helpful in the outside world, too. You take that leadership experience and and you show it in other places. Yeah, definitely. Um, Did you ever study abroad during your time as an undergrad student here at St. John? No, no time. I wish I (laughs) wish I did. But no, I didn't have the time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. how would you say, because um, you were a student from, you were an undergrad student specifically from 2017 to 2021? Yes. How would you say COVID impacted your college experience? Because that happened your junior year, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. it. W- we were here for a few weeks right after spring break. That was it. I mean, I was sad because I really loved being here so much. Um. I mean, it definitely gave me a lot of time to reflect and kind of regroup. But I mean, it was hard because nothing like this has ever happened before. So it's like you're a leader of all these different groups. How do we move forward? Um, And I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I kind of shut down for a little bit because I really had no idea what to do. I had no guidance in what to do because no one knew what was going on. Um, It was just, it was kind of a waiting game. It was a waiting game. So it's, oh, are we going back next week? Are we going back a week? And then we just never went back. So, I mean, it was a lot of conversations with my e-boards on what, what do we do to make this the best experience for everyone? How do we make this doable for everyone? And, you know, we were, we were able to figure it out. We, I think we came out on top. It was very hard. But we were able to get through it, which which was good. <laughs> right. And honestly, that's the sign of a great e-board member, in my opinion, you know, mm-hmm. being able to adapt and even in those tough situations, still find ways to make the club enjoyable mm-hmm. as much as possible for the members. You know, thinking of new ways to host events and somehow get everyone together, even though you're mm-hmm. not physically there together. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. And then, I mean, with Greek life specifically, then we have all of these requirements for the school that we have to fulfill. Really? And, yeah. See, and I don't know much. I'm not in a sorority, so I don't know much about Greek life and all the Yeah, yeah, yeah. In order, so in order to be recognized, we, we need to fulfill like a certain amount of tasks. So, of course, community service hours. Um, we have to host philanthropy events. And we're in our heads thinking, how are we supposed to do community service right? And we can't do anything. So it was a lot of trying to figure out new ways to get everything done. And at the end of the day, we got everything done, you know. Um, I mean, that year we had a fantastic philanthropy event that we held online. Uh, Kappa Beta Gamma's philanthropy is um, Special Olympics. So we held an online forum. We raised money. I mean, it was fantastic. So we and we had a, a great turnout. So we were able to to really get through it together as a group. Oh, wow. That's amazing that you were able to still raise money, mm-hmm. you know, for this cause, you know, even mm-hmm. though you weren't all there together. That's actually really cool that you were still able to get that. Yeah, done. I think about that event a lot. That event made me very proud. <laughs> <laughs> you should be. Yeah. So 
more specifically with English Club, not only were you the president, but it sounds like you were also, I guess, the founder mm-hmm. of this campaign. That's really cool. That's mm-hmm. that's impressive. Um, yeah. <laughs> to be a founder, I mean, I didn't even know that. I knew you were president, but I had no idea. I thought the English Club had been around for a while. I didn't realize it was this new of an organization. What year was it formed? We started, I think we held our first open mic in December of 2017. Okay. And then we came together as a club in spring of 2018. I mean, it took us a while to be able to get a budget and be uh, officially recognized. That took some time. But yeah, spring 2018, that's when that's when it all, all came together. Wow, yeah. So the English club is just as old as the Bolt then because the yeah. Bolt, I think, was formed around the same time. And, like, and the studio actually was created the same time on campus around 2017, I believe. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Wow, that's that's pretty cool that you were able to do that. And it's still, you know, a club today. You know, it's still carrying over even though there's new e-board members and everything. You know, it just sort of transferred over and still doing well. That makes me so happy. I'm I mean, really proud. <laughs> yeah, they're they're doing a fantastic job. And I think that's the worry, you know, when you start a new club, and especially because I was president for such a long time. I was so nervous. I'm thinking in my head, oh, no, what's going to happen when I'm gone? And, you know, like the inner urge to micromanage, like, oh, I, I can do this a little more. I can help. I'm a grad assistant, you know. But I did not have to. I mean, every president since and every e-board since has done a phenomenal job. I mean, the events this semester, amazing. They had a horror writer who was also a former alum came here. I mean, they're doing stuff all the time. So it makes me very, very happy to see. And I th- and I do think that the club will continue to thrive um, going forward. So I'm I'm very proud of them in that aspect. You know, that's great because, mm-hmm. you know, you were the founder of it. It's like your baby, you know. It is. Yeah, I say that all the time. <laughs> so it, it, it makes me so happy to see it thriving. Oh, oh. so happy. <laughs> that's great. Um, what sort of events does English Club typically host? Well, I mean, our big one is uh, our open mic events. So those happen both in the spring and the fall, always towards the end of the semester. I think those are amazing events because students get to really show their creativity. I there are some creative writing classes on on campus. I don't know if they're still going this semester. I should look into that. But it's nice because especially if they're doing all this writing in the classroom, now they, they they can bring it out of the classroom and kind of show it to other people who may not be in that class with them. So it's great. And I mean, the writing is usually fantastic. Everyone is so talented. So it's good to see and hear new writers. Right. Is it, and it, is it also, um, we talked about how, you know, you've had guest speakers, the open mic. Is it also mm-hmm. sort of, I guess, in the sense, a book club where, let's say, you read like a book a month and talk about it and discuss it maybe? So we do that over the summer months. And that okay. is actually, I think... We started that during COVID or maybe really? I'm not sure if we did that during COVID or the year before. But yeah, that we do that during the summer months because, I mean, we know everyone has so much work to do. It could sometimes be hard to dedicate yourself to a book, like an additional book outside of campus and outside of the classroom. So we usually save those for the summer. But that's that's newer. Um, I mean, I know the events that I did in the past, we would usually have Halloween events. And I know they just had one recently to read spooky poetry. Um, we had, I I forget which year we had this, but we had 
a Women's Month panel. So uh, the English professors actually spoke to us about their experience in the field. Yeah, so a bunch of different stuff, but it's changing all the time. So the events have been evolving for for a while. Yeah, um, and even though obviously the club is open to all students, but I'm assuming mm-hmm. the prime, the majority of the members are probably English majors or minors, I would assume, right? I in the past we kind of got a mix. Okay. Um, we had some non-English majors in there. Now, I, I yeah, I think we we still have a pretty good mix of people. So it's nice. So we get to see the English majors and we get to see the non-English majors kind of coming together and enjoying similar things. Right. And I was just going to ask, um, are the English professors involved in the club in any way? Oh, yeah. They're very, very involved, which is so nice to see. That's great. And it's great to have their support. And I mean, they were a huge help in getting the club started as well. So they'll always come back and come to our events and show us their support, which is absolutely wonderful. Yeah, and I'm sure they love seeing it because now you're dedicating time outside of the classroom to hone in on those skills that you're, you know, learning in the classroom. So I'm sure Mm -hmm. a lot of them would love, you know, to see you put these events together. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Would you say being that you were an English major, I mean, not only has being the founder, I'm sure, you know, um, helped you with like leadership skills, but also, Mm -hmm. you know, it does correlate with your major as well. Would you say like helped with that in any sort of way? Yeah, because I'm able to, well, I'm, I was able (laughs) to bring the essential messages that we were learning and studying in the classroom and approaching them in a different way. So as opposed to classic literature, now we're looking at a little bit more modern literature. And I was also able to apply my creative writing skills that I learned in the classroom. So it's it's a nice, it's it's a mesh of both. And you kind of get to see stuff that you don't see in the classroom too, especially with people of other majors coming in and expressing their interest in, in the topics. So yeah, I think it's definitely helpful to do both. But you, I mean, you don't have to. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, again, congratulations on being a founder of the club. I didn't Thank even you. know that until just now. Um, <laughs> Moving on from English club a little bit, during mm-hmm. your undergraduate experience, um, what in, if any, um, what internships did you hold and were they related to mm-hmm. this, you know, English major field, I should say? Yeah, so I kind of had <laughs> internships in, in many different fields. So I actually, my first internship, I worked in building management, <laughs> which okay. was interesting. Um, definitely... Not so much um, the literature, literary, oh my God, sorry. (laughs) Not so much so literary analyzation, but you do use kind of problem solving skills, you know, when you're, when you're in that setting, um, like dealing with angry people who are living (laughs) in buildings um, and even communication skills too, because you're constantly talking with different people. I also, I held an internship in, um, auditing writing so yeah so I worked for a company where I would basically write articles surrounding auditing which was totally out of my wheelhouse like I have no experience in that whatsoever but it was interesting because it's something completely different from anything that I would do normally Um, but I mean, it just goes to show you can apply those writing skills really anywhere. And all companies need writers. That's why I always say it is right. so important for people to know how to write, no matter what 
major they're in, everyone should be learning how to write efficiently because every field is looking for a writer. So it was it was cool. It was definitely outside of my comfort zone, but I adapted and I got some experience in writing for advertisements. I mean, I did commercial writing. I'm so, so much, but all surrounding the realm of internal audit. And then my final internship was with College Magazine, which you also worked for. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, I was <laughs> with College Magazine. I still am. So I am familiar with this one. <laughs> yeah. So I think that internship was so much fun mm-hmm. because not only did I get to write about what I was interested in, but eventually I was able to become an editor. And that's, I think, where Not only was I able to exercise my skills so much, but I learned so much about editing and I still use it, especially now when people come to me with their papers. I mean, I use it for my classes. Editing is so much fun. I love it just because it's fun because I get to see how other people are writing and I kind of get to insert like you can write this this way instead or think about taking this approach instead. And it's all about the evolution. I think that's my favorite part about it because you start with one thing and then you end maybe with something completely different. And and that whole process is so much fun to see and so much fun to be a part of. Yeah, I'm very thankful for my time at College Magazine. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm still involved, you know, in numerous different ways, um, mm-hmm. but I was – um, a writer and an editor. Um, mm-hmm. I actually just stepped down from being an editor. But mm-hmm. from my experience in the position for over a year, I can definitely say it helped me grow as a writer. Like I oh, yeah. grew so much as a writer from College Magazine. Mm-hmm. I came in. A big thing with College Magazine, for those of you that don't know, is um, refraining from using passive voice. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> that was so difficult for me to me do. Me too. Coming into College Magazine and now, you know, like I'm learning from – editing other people's work like now i just recently wrote an article um mm-hmm. for the top 20 songs to include in your halloween playlist and I it, love it became a little it, it got easier to write without using those passive words i mean in some instances it is hard i mean you're going to have to use them a mm-hmm. few times but it definitely definitely wasn't as difficult as it was for me when i first joined so i mm-hmm. definitely saw the growth yeah. Not only for myself, but even within my writers. And that was the best part of being an editor for me because I could see as the weeks of their training went on mm-hmm. how, you know, they started. And then as I helped them over the weeks, you know, they became more comfortable with their writing. Mm-hmm. You know, they were writing in more of a conversational tone. Mm-hmm. The passive, you know, they were writing an active instead of passive voice. It was just I could see such an improvement. Mm-hmm. And as an editor, you know, it's almost like you're a teacher. <laughs> but, you know, it was really yeah. great to see that. I was like, oh, my God, you're doing so so good. I could see the tremendous growth. So mm-hmm. those moments were definitely a great part of being an editor for me. It's so rewarding, it isn't is. it? <laughs> oh, the best. Absolutely the best. Um, yeah, no, definitely. I'm thankful for College Magazine and mm-hmm. everything that they've done and have helped me learn. Oh, yeah. Me too. Me too. Um, moving on from your undergrad experience, let's talk mm-hmm. a little more specifically about your graduate experience. Mm-hmm. Um even though it was technically on its own one year. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, you said before it was a mix of Staten Island and Queens campus classes for the English master's degree program? That was when I was an undergrad. So once I was fully a grad student in my fifth year, I was in Queens full-time, aside from when I was a graduate assistant on this campus. Okay, so can you – was it all in person on the Queens campus, or could you take remote virtual classes as well? You could – but I didn't. 
um, you know, it was my last year. Uh, it would have been a lot easier, <laughs> but all the classes that I really, I really wanted to take were in person. And it was nice because it gave me a chance to meet all the people that I only got to see a few times in my first semester of junior year. And there's such a camaraderie with the grad students because we're all in the same boat together. I mean, of course, it was really intimidating at times because I was um, in a mix of five-year students. So there were some juniors and seniors, um, full graduate, uh, full master students, and then PhD students. So yeah. PhD students are in the same class too? Oh, yeah. So (laughs) being in the room with the PhD students, it was kind of like, Oh my God, they are so brilliant. What am I doing here? So it's wow. the it's the <laughs> the imposter syndrome was definitely there. But then you get to do group work with them. Mm-hmm. So I was able to talk to them and they said, Oh, we feel the same way. It, it's so it's kind of this mutual, okay, we're all even though we're in different um, moments in our lives, we're all kind of feeling the same and we're in the same boat. So it was nice. It was it was great to be around them. And I mean the classes were fantastic. And I mean it's it's hard. It's a lot, a lot more reading, a lot more writing. But I mean, I absolutely loved it. I loved being a grad student and I wanted, I want to go back to school. I want more. <laughs> like I absolutely loved being a grad student. And during that time, I actually wrote a master's thesis. And I think Ooh. that was the best experience of my life. Is that a part of the master's degree program for English? You know, in the end, you write this thesis. So you can go one of two routes. You could do the thesis like I did, or you could do a portfolio. And I know a lot of people who did the portfolio had a very rewarding experience as well. So with that, you get to choose your three best papers. And I think you choose one of them that you get to expand some more. Okay. So um, I personally wanted to do the thesis because I, I wanted to use it as a tester to see, okay, if I hate this, maybe I don't pursue a PhD in English. If I love this, this is something for me to think about. And I ended up loving it. So now I'm thinking about it. I'm kind of, I've kind of been in this limbo of trying to decide what I want to do when I further my education. But to anyone doing your master's, I wholly recommend the thesis. I mean, it taught me so much about myself as a writer for academic writing. And, um, and and just as a researcher, it was it was absolutely amazing. Now, a thesis, that's more so, uh, just to go into more detail what it is, mm-hmm. that's doing research? Yes. So typically what you see is people choosing two novels to focus on. I chose one, and I also did creative writing pieces in there as well. So basically, I chose one novel, which was The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, of course, a gothic novel. And I just really, really dove into that one novel and picked topics that I were most interested in that surrounded the book and then went into deeper analysis of those specific topics that I wanted to look at. So I really looked a lot at masculinity and uh, the culture surrounding that and how um, the dangers of repression and things, things like that. So religion came into it. And criminal psychology came into it. So I got to do all these fun things with with masculinity. And even I studied a little bit of imperialism. So it's it's a bunch of different things that kind of correlate to one. And then you put it together in this hefty document. But it may seem scary, 
but it's not. You work on it for a year, so it's it's good. It's a good it's a good experience. Yeah, I mean, it sounds very fascinating. And, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess really the classes that you took in your undergrad, where you were just you know learning, you know, to analyze in this way, mm-hmm. it sort of prepared you for this. I mean, would you say we talked about before how high school English classes are different from college English classes? Would you say mm-hmm. you noticed a large difference from your undergrad college classes to your graduate English oh classes. yeah is it even more like <laughs> analysis and I mean it's so funny because when I was writing my my thesis I went back to a Jekyll and Hyde paper I wrote in sophomore year when I handed in that paper I was like this is the best thing I've ever written I was so happy about it it was so great and when I read it I was I was like oh my god how did you write like that <laughs> So you, it's a huge change. The writing completely. Because again, as you're going up in the divisions for your classes, it, it gets more and more advanced. And, you know, your writing has to kind of reflect your own growth. And I think there's definitely a growth <laughs> between my writing from undergrad and grad. It's, yeah, really big difference because so much they, they expect, you know, you're in a yeah. grad program. You got to you got to deliver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but I think uh, I love looking at the change. You know, it's so evident. Right. Would you say um, were you involved in any extracurriculars during um, your time as a graduate student? I know it's mm-hmm. not as a lot of people say they don't really as much as they were in undergrad. I don't know if they're just not eligible to, but you did mention the Mm -hmm. magazine. Yeah, so I continued with College Magazine, I think a little bit into my grad studies, but um, other than Sequoia Magazine, no, because I was a graduate assistant as well. So it was, there really was not much time for me to continue doing so many things at once but I was able to kind of get that involvement through my graduate assistantship in the vice provost office right yeah um Mm -hmm. because you wouldn't be like an English club you know that's mainly for like undergrad yeah that's mainly undergrad I mean I always said if you ever need any help I'm here I'm here to assist but I mean they didn't really need me they (laughs) they did great on their own (laughs) like an alumni advisor yeah yeah I mean I stayed in the chat with the e-board like I offered advice but yeah um now to go more in depth since you brought up the um your position as graduate assistant you want to go more into depth in that because I know a lot of students that are in five-year programs you know take that on so if you want to go more into like that experience and what your graduate assistant position was like because I know it's different depending on what department you're in and stuff like that yeah so I was a graduate assistant for Dr. O'Keefe and I mean I just I loved working for that office because it really gave me insight into the world of administration which was something I never really experienced before so and I mean in that office he always asked me my interests so I was actually able to do a little bit of teaching when I was there okay Uh, yeah I took over a class one day to teach them uh, paper writing. So I was able to kind of tailor my interests and, and work with them. I mean, yeah, it was great. So I got to I got to experience the teaching aspect. I got to experience the administration aspect. So yeah, and I got to be here on the Staten Island campus during my, my graduate year. So it was nice. I got a little bit of best of both worlds. Yeah, the Queens campus is great, but I can imagine the commute with the traffic. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
especially with night classes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I get it. I don't even drive, really, and I get that. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's good because if I would have missed this campus, you know? Yeah. So I'm glad I got to I got to stay. And I'm glad I got to go over there as well. Yeah, you get to experience the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah. Um, and your daily tasks, like you, like you said, for the, um, I guess, graduate assistant position with the vice provost, that was mostly like sort of like helping him with like the administration stuff every day. Yeah, it was a lot of the administrative aspects. And I mean, that office runs this whole campus. So I kind of got to learn the ins and outs of everything that goes on here. Right. Um, I was able to meet people from other offices who I never really met before. I was able to work with alumni relations. I got to meet the deans for the different colleges on campus. So it was really nice because, I mean, I was only ever used to working with St. John's College. I mean, for just for little things. Um, but now I got to meet the Tobin deans. I got to meet the CCPS deans. It was really nice. And I mean, that office was such a lovely environment. I, I loved I loved seeing everyone every day in there. Oh, and even career services is in Flynn. So yeah, it was, it was different from my undergrad experience, but definitely um, a memorable one. Yeah, I hear from um, graduate students that are graduate assistants and they're like, you know, with student life or with you know, fraternity sorority. I think they're in these like you know departments, but you, your department sort of covers everything. Yeah, so. yeah. So it was it was nice to get to work with everyone in a different capacity. Right. Um, now moving forward into your your current roles. Yes. <laughs> as a professor and your new role as the assistant director of student life. Mm-hmm. I guess going to a professor first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what classes do you teach? So right now I am teaching business writing for college mm-hmm. and professional studies and I'm actually teaching the Nicotra students. So oh, yeah. that's the high school students just for some context. Yeah, yeah. So um, on our campus we have uh, students from the Lois and Richard Nicotra Charter School, which is an early college prep high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come here and they take college courses with college professors on campus. And I mean, I think that's a great experience because in right. high school – I was taking uh, college-managed courses as well, but I was taking them with my high school teachers on my high school campus. With this program, they actually get to come here and, and like intermesh with the college students, which I think is fantastic for them and kind of gives them a little glimpse into what college life is like and taking them with, with actual professors. So I personally, I always knew I wanted to teach college students. I never really thought about teaching high school students. But I mean, it's so interesting because even with them, there's so much growth in their writing. I mean, uh, I keep gushing about their midterms because their midterms (laughs) were, oh, they were so good. But I made them do resumes and cover letters. And I mean, they did such a good job and I'm so proud of them. But it's it's nice because it's it's a different it's different than what I'm used to, and they challenge me in a different way, and and I really enjoy working with them and watching them grow, and business writing, which is so, again something that's really not in my wheelhouse. I was able to use the skills I learned as an English major and a gra- English graduate student, and even from College Magazine. I mean. The editing skills that I learned there helped me so much with this class. And it even when they hand me back assignments, I feel like I kind of know the ins and outs of what to ask for. I know how to help them reframe their sentences. I know how to get a little more out of them. And I, again, like it works. It really works. So I'm, I'm enjoying business writing. It's different than what I'm used to, but 
I, I like I like seeing where it's going. Okay. And business writing, that's um that's the English class for the college students or the one the Nicotra? For the Nicotra students. So that is my my only class right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just teaching business writing for the Nicotra students. Okay. And that's considered English though, right? That's not considered like a business. Yeah, class. it's it's technically English, English a thousand. Okay. And is it are the Nicotra students taking the class with St. John students as well, or are they just separate? Like there's no St. John students with them. No St. John students with them. Okay. Just just them. It's a small class, 15, which is a nice number. Right. Yeah. So it's it's nice that I get to solely work with them and prepare right, them yeah. for the college world. And it still counts for college credit, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. So it's a college level class. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I know we touched upon this before with the whole, you know, test taking debate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What would you s- <laughs> now, I guess, since... You've been in their position quite mm-hmm. recently, actually. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What would you say is your teaching style? Have you developed that yet? Yeah. So I knew this from pretty early on. And, you know, even some of my graduate professors did this. I am not a stickler for perfect writing. You're coming in. I'm not going to be crazy with, okay, you have to use the comma, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> So you start out one place. However, I need to see a significant development in your writing. But of course, I'm going to help you get there. So we go over all the grammar lessons. Um, we, I give them first drafts to do, but I don't grade the first drafts. Okay. I do offer very, very extensive comments, though. And I'm like, this is what I want to see on your next draft. So and I, my policy is very much you hand your work in, you're going to get the grade. Um, if you don't do the work, you're not going to get the grade. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I think it's it's been going well so far. I mean, the change is definitely there. Um, I also always ask them to be very honest with me about how their experience is as well, because I feel like if I'm very much in my ways and I'm not hearing that about uh, hearing them out and hearing about what they want, then we're not going to go anywhere. We need to be able to have that relationship where we're working together. Like we have to both do our part. So I think in the beginning of the semester, especially with our grammar lesson, it was very much me talking at them <laughs> and them not really getting to have the experience of hands-on work. And I knew that, but you know, I wanted to hear from them about what they want. And they were all very honest in their reflections about, you know, I'm not interested in this. I prefer hands-on learning. And that's what I gave them, hands-on learning. And we do a lot of projects. Um, I'm always asking them for interaction. Um, we do a lot of group work. They're actually working on advertising projects right now. Ooh. Yeah. So it's it's very much, it's you know, I, I know it's a two-way street. You know, I got to put in the work and you do too. So as long as we both do that, then it's smooth sailing going forward. But I don't really give them tests. We have a textbook, but... Yeah. I'm I'm not into the testing thing. But I mean they've they've been delivering. They give me fantastic work. So, you know, I'm happy to work with them because they're working with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely sounds like with the approach you're taking with your teaching style that they'll definitely have much more of a long term impact this class. Like it'll mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it'll retain for a long amount of time. They'll take it with them. It won't just be like it goes in one year and out the other. Like, they're actually seeing more growth. Yeah. And I mean, we're doing resumes, cover letters, what to expect with interviews. Um, So, I mean, this is stuff they're going to have to know for the rest of their lives. It's very important. And I think they're taking it it seriously. I think my favorite just, like, 
short assignment that we did. So I had them look at interview questions on the board and I there were I gave them 10 and I had them choose five to write short responses to. And then I gave them about five minutes to just read over their responses. And then I told them to flip their paper over. And then uh, I cold called and said, OK, who answered Ooh. question one? And then we kind of were able to have that back and forth rapport. So I would ask them the first question and they would respond. And then I'd ask them another question similar to how they would respond. And I mean, they all displayed that they could think on their feet really well. And I think that assignment was just so much fun. I think they enjoyed it. I hope they enjoyed it. (laughs) I mean, they did great with it. But yeah, that just kind of establishing those kind of things. And I said, this is what you can expect when you get interviewed, you know? Yeah, no, this is definitely a beneficial class for them to take, you know, regardless of what field they end up going. And you'll use skills that they need to know. They need to know how to, you know, how to handle an interview, how Mm -hmm. to write a resume. Yeah. You know, so this is like the foundation of tools that they will need to succeed in the professional world and whatever Mm -hmm. field that may be in. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, this is definitely a great opportunity for them. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I try, and again, I try very hard to work with them. And I always tell them, I'm not here to see you fail. I'm here to see you succeed. Yeah. So that's why I try to be, I try to be lenient with, with grading, you know. But I mean, especially with midterms, you know, they, they delivered. They really delivered. Yeah. And it must be a little, you know, you must feel a little nervous because it's your first time teaching a course, you know, oh, being a yeah. teacher, a professor, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. this is new for everybody. Yeah. And I mean, they've taught me so much, Aww. you know, and I I told them I was very honest. I told them, guys, this is my very first class. So, you know, I'm I'm learning as much as you are. And I think they've they've shown me a lot. They really have. Um, I mean, I've there were definitely things that I wasn't ready for. And now I know you know, I have to think on my feet too. Um, I always remember to have a plan B just in case my my first plan doesn't work out. So um, yeah, definitely, definitely a big learning experience in the best way. Yeah. And it must be such a weird feeling going immediately from student to professor, especially at such a young age, teaching Mm -hmm. high schoolers that are only like a few years younger than you. Like it must be such a weird feeling. (laughs) It is. It's so (laughs) weird. Like, Because and I always say it, I was on the other side of the boat, you know. Yeah, you can relate I, to them. I, I can. So I knew which classes worked best for me. And I've kind of taken little elements from all of those and kind of put them together. Because at the end of the day, I, I do want to see them succeed. And I think I know everyone is not the same student as me. We're all, everyone is different in how they learn. So um, I make sure to really hear them out. And pay attention to what they're saying because, you know, they know how they learn best. So, yeah, no, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. So let's go now into your experience as the new assistant director of student life. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this was a very new position that was handed to you. Um, yeah. So how did this opportunity come about, I should say? Ooh, oh, my God. <laughs> so. My graduate assistantship actually got extended. Okay. So I ended up getting a temporary position over the summer. And honestly, I was freaking out a little bit because I had no plan after that. I did not apply to any jobs. I was so scared. I was, you know, I was kind of in a deadlock. I just graduated with my master's and it's like, now what? Because I was so used to, you know, you have 
elementary and middle school. So you have a deadline. Then you have high school. You have a deadline. College, you have a deadline. Master's, a deadline. And now it's like my whole life is ahead of me and I have no idea what to do. Um. So I, I did my work in the vice provost's office. I continued that work and I got to work with David, who is the new vice provost, who's wonderful. And um, one day I just got a call from him and he said, you know, we're looking for a new assistant director. Are you are you interested? We think you should apply. And I was I was shocked. I, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't think that and I'm like, OK, why not? And I, I said, OK, I'll, I'll apply. We'll see what happens. I did not think I would get it. You know, I always try to be like, oh, you're not going to get it. <laughs> but and I got it. And Yay. I was just and I'm so happy to be here because I love this campus so much. I owe this campus so much. And I'm just so honored that I could be here now in this capacity to do more. So, I mean, I was so happy when I heard I got it. I, I, I couldn't even believe they they wanted me for it. Oh, that was such a nice feeling. <laughs> oh, it, it's so amazing. And honestly, even though in the morning I'm very groggy <laughs> and I'm kind of tired and want to sleep an extra two hours, I get here and I'm just so genuinely happy to be here. <laughs> it's so nice because how many people get to say they wake up every day and they're just so excited to go to work, you know? And I'm just, I'm excited to work and I'm excited to be here and do stuff and interact with students that I, I haven't interacted with because they're they're new you know yeah so it's just it's just been so amazing and and I love the fact that I get to advise too you know I've been through so much of what these students have been through um I know what it's like to be an e-board member I know um the amazing things about it and I know the not so amazing things about it and I love that I can sit here now and kind of help them navigate through this process you know it's it's great and I get to continue work with other offices too so the people that I've enjoyed working with over the past year so it's great and now I get to even expand my contacts to Queens and and you know learn some more about what it's like over there so it's just it's absolutely fantastic yeah no it's like similar to the whole you know, thing with you being a professor, mm-hmm. you can relate to these students. And it's even mm-hmm. more is like for, I mean, I probably, I didn't have any class with you, but people mm-hmm. who are in my year, you know, seniors, even juniors, you probably were in the same classes yeah. <laughs> with the people that you now, you know, can assist in a way, you know, you're now mm-hmm. organizing events for these same students that you were in the same classes with. Yeah. So again, it must be a weird feeling, but oh, yeah. still really cool. <laughs> It's def it's definitely weird. And it's weird because my sister also goes here. So I'm kind yeah, of like so she's a comm major, right? She is a comm major. Yes. So it's kind of funny that I like that we're that we kind of get to still go to school together in a way. Yeah. Um so yeah, and I mean it's people that I'm friends with. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of it's this weird thing where I'm like, Oh, I'm your friend, but I'm also kind of in charge now. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean it's it's wonderful. It's new. It's different. And again, like constantly learning new things. There's a thousand things that I need to learn more about, but I am, I'm ready. I love to learn. So <laughs> yeah, hey, you never left and the way it's going, you're never leaving. <laughs> oh yeah. Never leaving. <laughs> oh my God. And for this position, what are your tasks and responsibilities? Is it more so organizing the student life events that student life mm-hmm. hosts? Mm-hmm. It's... It's organizing events, overseeing clubs and orgs, 
But it's so much more than that. And something that I love, and I think it's definitely from the that I've got from the English major as well, as well I'm constantly asking myself questions. Some of these questions I don't always know the answers to, but you can kind of work your way up. You know, it's kind of like, what can we do to increase student involvement? Like some of the answers may seem easy, but, you know, getting to them are not always not always easy. So I'm constantly in a state of what can I be doing to make everyone's experience here great? What can I do to make them want to be a part of a community? Um, what do I do to expand a community? You know, all these kind of different elements. And I mean, I think that's definitely my favorite part about it. Like the the challenges are are exciting. Right. And now the events, I mean, I'm assuming you went to the student life events when you were a student, right? I know you were involved oh, yeah. in orgs, but you attended the events. Now you get to mm-hmm. organize the events that you once went to and enjoyed. Like, I know you're yeah. planning the, um, what's it called? The Winter Carnival. The Winter Carnival. Oh, yes. And yeah. I hear it is going to be huge. It's a two-part <laughs> event. Yep. It's going to yep. be big. Like, I'm excited. I'm like it's gonna be great. also very excited. You know, I mean... My thing is, we are still here, you know, Mm got to make it the best we can. So I think that's another thing that I'm really trying to do. I'm like really trying to push to make this, you know, again, like we're here and we're going to have a good time while we're here. Right. So, I mean, I really hope we get a good turnout. Um, I have a lot of exciting um, activities planned. And yeah, I just I just want everyone to have a great time. And, you know, it's a celebration of the end of the semester. Mm -hmm. So might as well walk into Christmas break with something exciting. Yes, Mm -hmm. I'm very excited. Yes, me too. Now, I guess to sort of wrap this up with the last few points, Mm -hmm. um, what have you taken and learned from your experience at St. John's in all different realms? I mean, as an undergrad student, as founder of the English Club, members and e-board members of different organizations, grad student, Mm -hmm. grad assistant, now assistant director of student life, all of these different roles you had within your time at St. John's? What were some key points that you've learned and will take with you? This is going to sound so cheesy and so cliche. No, I love that. But (laughs) I mean, you really, if you put your mind to something, and I mean, if you really want it, like you can do it. And that's not something I I ever really believed. Like, I mean, if if you try hard enough, you can do everything that you want to accomplish. It's going to take time and it sometimes may feel like um, you're doing all this work, but what is it for? There's no recognition, blah, blah, blah. All those like kind of little nasty bugs getting at you. But at the end of the day, like if you work hard, you will get, you will achieve anything you, you want. It's it's true. <laughs> it's no, weird, yeah. but it's true. I 100% agree with you on that. Anything mm-hmm. is possible if... You put your mind to it. Oh, yeah. You put in the work. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, you have to put the work in. You have to put the work in. And another thing, too, it's, you know, something that I've had to learn, I've kind of learned this the hard way, is that you can never make anyone, you can never make everyone happy. Yes. As much as you really want to, it is impossible. So you have to kind of talk yourself out of, I need to make everyone happy, into the mindset of, what is the best decision for the group? Mm-hmm. So that was definitely something that took me a lot of time to learn. But uh, it was a hard lesson to learn, but I learned it. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely 
haven't had as many roles in St. John's as you have, but <laughs> from the few that I've had, I've definitely gained those same lessons yeah. too on my end. You know, mm-hmm. you could do your best, you know, but you can't do any more than that, and it's mm-hmm. it's impossible to make everyone happy. You just have to do the best that you can, and hopefully, do what you think is best. Yeah, for the group. And, and and a third, just a third thing, um, taking accountability is really important. Yes, um, you. You're not going to be perfect all the time. Right. And it's okay to it's okay to mess up, but you have to be able to recognize those mistakes and be able to talk to yourself and say, okay, I messed up. What can I do to be better next time? Like, I forget the quote, but there's such a good quote. And it's try to live your best day today, but be better tomorrow. I'm definitely botching that quote. But yeah, you you always try to be better the next day so i think accountability is a big way to learn how to be better no i agree with you i think that's definitely one of the key qualities you need to have as mm-hmm. a leader mm-hmm. to be a good leader oh yeah 100 percent. um a few more things um what are your end goals do you like i know you majored in english and got your master's in english mm-hmm. did you come in with having a certain career in mind or you know, has that changed? Do you plan on maybe, you know, continuing this route in academia, you know, being a professor? Are you going to, you know, do you see yourself continuing your education in getting a PhD in English? Mm-hmm. My dream is to get my PhD. And that's not a dream that I ever had until I got to college. I don't know in what. Now that's kind of, it's kind of changing just okay. because my interests are expanding now. Um, I do my my end goal is definitely to have a PhD. I do want to be a professor. Oh, there's so many things. <laughs> um, but I do also want to continue my work in higher ed administration okay. because I mean I'm I'm loving it. And I do I do want to write a book. I'm trying. <laughs> I've been trying for a while. So I guess the end goal is continue my career in academia, but also have time to to work on um, personal projects as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that all sounds very exciting. You'll have to keep us updated. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the last thing is, do you have, we sort of touched on this with the um, things you've learned and taken mm-hmm. with you, um, but do you have any advice for current college students, particularly in English majors or college students overall? Yeah, if you're good at something, run with it. Do not abandon the things that you're good at, but also don't be afraid to learn new things because you never know. You may think you're good at one thing, but you might be great at something else. So it's always great to kind of go into dip your feet into different things. Like I never thought I was going to be in a sorority ever. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't didn't even cross my mind. I never thought that I was going to be a, like a good student. So. There is a way to do everything, but make sure you manage your time well and don't make yourself crazy right. because that's not worth it. Make sure you're having a good time when you're doing all of it. Right. No. Yeah. Balance is key. Oh, yeah. hundred um, percent. Well, thank you, Jacqueline, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And this was a really great interview, I have to say. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I'm nervous. I learned I was so like... much. No, this is great. <laughs> I was like, oh, am I going to be able to talk well? <laughs> No, you did you did amazing. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, this was this is exciting. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Um mm-hmm. and thank you all to everyone that's listening. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to see more of our content, you can follow us on Instagram at the Our YouTube channel is St. John's University the Bolt and we have 
all of the links to our YouTube channel, our website, and all of the different types of content that we do in the link tree in our Instagram bio. Make sure to tune in for more episodes of Storm Chasers by typing in the Bolt Productions on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And thank you again to everyone that's listening. I'm so glad to be back. I'm so excited um, for more episodes of Storm Chasers, so make sure to stay tuned. And if you yourself would like to be interviewed or have any suggestions, you can email us, thebolt.sju at gmail.com, or you can DM us on Instagram at thebolt.sju. Okay, well, thank you again, Johnnies, for listening. And this is Courtney, host of Storm Chasers, and I will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. -bye. <laughs>